0: People who know me also know that for nearly eight years I worked at what we know to be called the happiest place on earth. And to sum it up, it was awesome. Honestly, I mean, people often ask me if working there was as happiness inducing as vacationing there is. They often wondered if the vibe behind the scenes was anything like the public perception vibe and and for me, the answer was honestly yes. I mean, sure, we saw the dumpsters that were parked behind the colorful facades and we had performance evaluations like any other job, but the united goal of bringing joy to people who came to visit really did attract some of the best people I've ever met to work there. And a lot of these people are some of my dearest friends to this day. I originally hired into the Walt Disney Company through an audition into Disneyland's entertainment department, and then I spent my time basically watching cute little kids' faces light up and smiles, which, while it didn't make me a billionaire by any means, it was incredibly soul-fulfilling. And with this motto that I carry of always putting fulfillment first, fulfillment before fame, fulfillment before fortune, it really was a great fit for a person like me. But the story I'm about to share with you today isn't actually about Disneyland. It just began there. And rather than interview someone else for this particular episode, I'm going to get a little personal and tell you about something that actually happened to me. So bear with me, (laughs) because I'd rather give the attention to somebody else. But I feel like this is a story that needs to be shared. Thanks for being here. I'm Jolie Hales and this is Podsitivity. It was early in the morning at the end of the summer season at Disneyland in 2009. Some schools were already back in session and the summer crowds were already starting to thin just a bit. As part of the entertainment department, my job that morning was to make children smile at what's called Plaza Inn, which is actually the restaurant at the end of Main Street USA inside Disneyland, just a few steps away from Sleeping Beauty Castle. I had just finished a time block on set, as we called it, and I was stepping backstage to grab some water, take a quick break, relax for a minute, and while gulping down water I casually pulled my phone out from a backstage locker and I glanced at it. But then immediately, I froze. There was a text message from my sister, and it read Grandma Hales was just hit by a car. She's dying. I instantly felt like I had been punched in the gut. I set my water cup down, and I sat on the nearby couch trying to digest what I had just read. I mean, for years, it was my grandpa's health that was in decline, and my grandma was the healthy one who was taking care of him. All of us in the family had been really mentally preparing for the day when he would no longer be with us. No one had really given a single thought to the possibility of losing grandma anytime soon. She was 80 years old, but fit as a fiddle, as her generation might say. We wouldn't have been surprised to see her live a couple decades more. But it wasn't to be. It happened in Logan, Utah, which was two states away from me at the time. Grandma was walking through a shopping center parking lot toward the store when a distracted driver apparently accidentally hit her. From my understanding, a cell phone wasn't involved and neither were drugs or alcohol or some kind of impairment. I'm not quite sure if the driver had been distracted by maybe a child or a pet or picking up something that had fallen on the floor or something or other, but in that instant, many lives were changed. My grandma was rushed to the hospital in critical condition and she just basically never woke up again. My sister and my dad managed to arrive at the hospital in time to see her slip away. The news, as you might imagine, made me incredibly sad. I truly loved my grandma. All my life, she had sat down and read hundreds of books to me as a child.
1: He got an idea. I know what I'll do, he said. I'll pretend. And if I pretend hard enough, then I'll know what it's like and I won't have to wonder anymore.
0: She was a beacon of kindness and of charity, and I really looked up to her. In fact, let's step away from this depressing scene for a few minutes to really introduce you to who my grandma was. Most people think their grandmas are awesome, and most grandmas are awesome. And when an awesome person dies, their awesomeness meter goes even further off the charts because then suddenly everyone remembers all the other awesomeness about them that we all took for granted. All that said, my grandma was really awesome. Born in 1928, she was the youngest of 10 children, her oldest sibling being 21 years older than her. Being an early advocate of learning, my grandma actually started college at the age of 16, in a time where only 4% of women in the United States had college degrees. She then went on to receive her master's degree in speech development, and that was at a time where barely any women did so. While in graduate school, she met my grandpa who was a tennis player who had just finished his military service a few years earlier and then he later went on to get his law degree. Just an awesome guy. And then the two of them began this loving marriage of 58 years. My grandpa always said that the smartest thing that he ever did was to marry my grandma. They had four children together, two sons including my dad and two daughters, and then eventually they had 16 grandchildren.
1: Former Mayor Doug Thompson was quoted as saying about mother, I don't think I've ever seen her in a down mood. She was always positive, she always made you feel better.
0: My grandma later became a professor of children's literature at Utah State University, where she was loved by students for 27 years of teaching, and as I hinted at before, When I think of my grandma, I immediately think of children's books. When
1: I was young, I always wanted to be invisible. I can remember that as one of my fondest dreams. And perhaps that is why I relate so much to the story of Just Only John by Jack Kent.
0: She described herself as a, quote, book pusher. (laughs) She basically made it a goal to get wholesome children's books into as many homes as possible. Books like If You Give a Mouse a Cookie and Millions of Cats. Despite the fact that I've always been more of a dog person, for some reason, I just loved the book Millions of Cats, which was originally published in 1928, which is actually the same year my grandma was born, coincidentally. And it had these like black and white kind of stamp carving styled illustrations, if any of you remember this book from your childhood. And this is so funny to me because I recently dusted that old book off and then I flipped through its pages and... The story is basically about this elderly couple that goes out looking for the prettiest cat, but after they can't make up their minds which one's the prettiest, they end up basically taking home literally millions of cats. But then these millions of cats apparently get into this big fight with each other about which one is actually the prettiest. And then I kid you not, they end up eating each other until there's only one scrawny little cat left. And then that's the cat that the elderly couple decides is the prettiest. Now, I'm not doing a very good job at explaining this book, (laughs) The way I'm talking about it makes it sound like super morbid, I know, but it's really not as bad as it sounds. It's it's actually a pretty good book, I would argue. It's It's written in a proverb style of storytelling, so it's not meant to be taken literally, and it's not like... Graphically violent or anything like that. And my favorite thing about the book is that the message behind it is actually pretty deep. It's more about like people's perception and perspective and pursuit of beauty and then how that relates to happiness. Anyway, I don't know if it was the cat cannibalism or the philosophical lesson that spoke to me as a child, but I loved that book when I was a kid, and I had my grandma read it to me over and over again. And I will, I will say it's a little different than today's children's books about, like, finding your favorite animal at the zoo or a group of friends all sharing first place in the school science fair. <laughs> but anyway, I digress.
1: Oh, John. Why must you be such a little pig? Well, it is very embarrassing to turn into a little pig at the corner of Maine and Elm on a very busy afternoon with everybody staring at you. And quickly John's mother said, oh, you're not a little pig, you're John. And he became
0: John again. So my grandma's mission in life was to get children's books into the hands of as many people as possible. Because, I mean, she knew the statistics. She knew that the most significant factor influencing a child's early educational success is being read to in the home before beginning school. She knew that children who are read to at least three times a week by a family member are nearly twice as likely to score in the top 25% in reading compared to those who aren't. She knew that the most successful way to improve reading skills of low-income children is to increase their access to books. She knew all of this, and she was determined to practice the preaching wherever was possible. In fact, I remember my grandma holding these big book, quote, garage sales. (laughs) These were book sales that were so popular that people all over the town looked forward to them. They came in large numbers. They knew who my grandma was. And I mean, there's really no confusion why they came in big numbers. My grandma would spend months collecting children's books from all over the western United States and this is before Amazon right so they would actually drive my grandpa and my grandma would drive all over the western United States and search for the best children's books and then she would take these books you know thousands of them and she would sell them at these so called garage sales for dirt cheap like chop the price way down which obviously cost her and my grandpa much more money than they ever earned but it accomplished this fulfilling goal this purpose for them So they did it for years, with every book being handpicked by my grandma as being worthwhile for a child to read. And I have really fond memories of being able to see my grandma pretty much multiple times a year, sometimes every month, sometimes quite often, depending where we were living at the time, either at maybe a game night at their house or Christmas morning at our house. My parents basically made sure that us kids got to be close to our grandparents. Even if we didn't always live close by, we would still try to visit, or they would visit us. And often I would sit outside on the front lawn of our house, anxiously awaiting their visit and excitedly anticipating the stories that my grandma would then read to me. And my grandma's love for books and storytelling was then passed to my father, who went on to publish his own books, and then to me. In fact, you could even argue that the reason you're even hearing these words right now is because my grandma helped bless me with a love for storytelling. But visits with my grandma had been significantly reduced when I made the move on my own out to California for grad school. So then instead of seeing her every few weeks or even every few months, I honestly couldn't even remember the last time I had seen her or hugged her or even had a conversation with her. I mean, was it eight months ago, nine months ago, a year, longer than that? I, I couldn't remember. And that thought was salt, on a vulnerable snail, you could say. Now she was gone, and I never had the chance to tell her goodbye, let alone how much I appreciated everything she had done for me. I didn't finish my shift at Disneyland the day I got that text. The sudden news had made inducing smiles a little bit more difficult for me, you might say. So I was sent home, and I was given a week off for bereavement, I was able to help make the video slideshow and sing a duet with my dad at her funeral, which, I'll be honest, was not an easy thing to do. I mean, singing at the funeral of a stranger is hard enough for any singers out there, but singing at a funeral for someone you love is almost impossible. And I mean, it's a miracle I even made it through the song.
1: I don't know that we've ever had this big of a crowd, and it's a testament to The way Barbara touched each of our lives and the connection we feel with her.
0: But through it all, I mean, there was this kind of blessed feeling of peace there. That even though grandma had really left us all so unexpectedly, it wasn't before her time, if that makes sense. So we kind of took comfort in that. And we also took comfort in the great forgiveness that my grandpa actually showed for the driver of the car who had hit her. I had heard that it was some farmer who had felt great remorse and my grandpa had called him and assured him that we didn't feel any animosity and that we understand that accidents happen.
1: And that's why we can't hold any ill will towards anyone, even the individual responsible. We pray for him and his anguish that it may lessen and that peace may again come into his life.
0: Once the funeral was over, I drove back to Southern California and I resumed my studies and working at the happiest place on earth. And most of the time I was able to compartmentalize the sadness of my grandma's passing. So I was able to hide it from view of the guests and my coworkers and the people I went to school with. But in truth, it surprised me really how much I was struggling inside with the unexpected timing of her death. I think the thing that pained me the most was going back to the fact that she died without me really expressing my gratitude and love for her in person. It was that classic kind of guilt mixed with sadness for the unsaid. I mean, yeah, she must have known that I loved her. Our memories together were nothing but positive, thanks to her, probably more than me, I'm sure. But still, my life was my life, much in thanks to my grandma. And it hurt me to think that she may have died not knowing just how grateful I was for that. A few weeks went by and I carried a burden of sadness with me, which isn't too great when your job is to make people smile. And it also wasn't very typical for me. I mean, I've been through heartaches. I've been through some long trials of life before this, and those incidents have helped me kind of develop a thick emotional skin over time. But this was breaking through that thick skin. And I remember crying more tears alone in my studio apartment than I could remember crying for quite a while. And it's interesting how when you're in pain and alone, talking to God almost feels mandatory to survival. At least that's often how it felt to me. Um, I've been a believer in a higher power since I was young. I'm very hopeful that one exists. And I remember praying to him, asking him to tell my grandma just how grateful I was for her impact and kindness in my life. I figured, I mean, since I couldn't really tell her, he could. And for many nights over weeks, I included that plea in my prayers, hoping it would get somewhere. After nearly two months, it was mid October, and Halloween celebrations were in full swing at Disneyland. While life had pretty much gotten back to normal, nights alone still stung with thoughts of regret and sadness about my grandma. But I knew that I had to trust that everything was alright. If there was an afterlife, as I hoped there was, my grandma had to have gotten my message, right? But then again, it's one thing to tell yourself to cheer up, but it's quite another to realistically give up a lingering sadness. Then. One October day, I came home from work to see a package on my doorstep, which was totally odd because back in 2009, Amazon was not the booming business that it is today. So packages were rare, not to mention that I was a poor graduate student who wouldn't have ordered anything aside from maybe a textbook at the beginning of the semester or something. But the thing that really threw me off about this package was the fact that it was covered in this colorful happy birthday wrapping paper happy birthday (laughs) my birthday was in March it was now October I mean it almost couldn't be any further away from my birthday than it was at that moment in time so I thought well maybe it was delivered to the wrong location or something so I bent down and I picked up the package and sure enough it was this birthday package and it was addressed to me and I was like what and That made it even more confusing. So then I looked at the sender address, thinking maybe I could track this down, and then it completely surprised me that the sender was listed as my grandma. But, I mean, as we've well established here, she had died almost two months earlier. How could this package possibly be from her? So then I saw the postmark date, and it was March 5th, 2007. And then it suddenly hit me. The package must have been lost in the mail all this time. Lost in the mail for two and a half years. So I took this package inside and I just stared at it for a minute. And then I carefully began to open it. And inside was this birthday card with a $20 bill and this handwritten note from my grandma that read, Dearest Jolie, We love you. We appreciate your goodness and your desire to make the world a better place. You have always been our little Jolie, especially when we saw you waiting for us in the front yard up in Spokane. That was when I read millions of cats to you at least a dozen times. Do you remember? Good memories. Many hugs, Grandma and Grandpa. Packaged with the card were two children's books, with one of them being millions of cats I stood there I was completely stunned I mean tears welled up in my eyes I had been praying for comfort and here in my hands was a handwritten note from the very person whose loss I mourned expressing her love for me this package had come two and a half years late but perfectly on time that was my moment of healing From that point, I suddenly felt like I wasn't alone, that my pain and my pleas hadn't just gone out into the universe unnoticed, and that everything was all right. Most of all, I felt like my grandma knew what I had wanted to tell her and didn't get a chance to tell her. And for the first time in weeks, I actually felt significantly better. I also reread that funny book, Millions of Cats, (laughs) and it reminded me so much of the amazing memories I had with my grandma and it also made me kind of miss those old, proverb style children's books of the past. I do have to admit that the thought did cross my mind that my grandma had sent this package back in 2007 and then never heard a word of gratitude from me for receiving it because I hadn't received it. But she wouldn't have had any other way of knowing that at the time because she wouldn't, you know, reach out and be like, hey, did you get that package I sent you? That just wasn't her style. She's incredibly humble. And for a split second, I felt this like twinge of guilt about her never getting the thanks that she really deserved. But then I recognized that, I mean, if she had anything to do with making sure that this package arrived, like when it did, maybe some angelic intervention or something, (laughs) then she had already known what had happened with this package. So I dismissed those thoughts and I really did just feel so comforted in this moment.
1: The village folk smiled again as they turned to their homes, saying, Surely this little girl has proven the old Russian proverb, We do not love people because they are beautiful. We think they are beautiful because we love them. And as Varya's mother put her arm around her daughter and took her home that night, she said, My daughter, some people see only with their eyes how lucky I am. To have a little girl who sees also with her heart.
0: Since the day that that package arrived, I've had that card and the $20 bill that came with it hanging on my wall, even after moving out of that studio apartment into a different home. And some may call all of this merely taking comfort in a coincidence. And I actually really respect that view, and I love the idea that we can all interpret life events in our own way. And at the same time, for me, it was more than a coincidence. It was a personal answer to prayer in a way and in the timing that I really needed one. Thanks for hearing me out as I shared my own story today. I I also have to say that I especially love that my grandma wrote in that card that she recognized that I have a desire to make the world a better place. And as altruistic or as cliche as that may totally sound, it's kind of right on the nose. I mean, honestly... I keep feeling like we could all use a bit more hope, more reminders of the good moments in our lives. And so that's really what made me start this series. So if you have a story or an experience about kindness or hope, forgiveness, and answer to prayer, it it doesn't have to be like a spiritual thing, although it can be. And if you're willing to share that story, I mean, please go to the Positivity Facebook page and fill out the Google form that's listed there. Because I really do believe that uplifting moments happen a lot more often than we realize. They just don't get a lot of attention. And I'd really like to kind of remedy that if it's possible. And as for your typical podcast sign-off, if you want to help spread the word, that really helps us out. Please tell a friend, tell a family member. You can find Positivity on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts facebook and youtube where you can actually see a video version of it that has pictures that go along with the story which includes for this episode pictures of my grandma and the package i received and all of that and we do have a patreon (laughs) which helps us pay for the music rights and so if you sign up for that you'll get the episodes a couple days early and you'll of course get a lot of gratitude from me and my family uh, and it'll just help us keep this thing going if there's enough interest i should say And with that, I really hope your day is awesome. This is Podsitivity. I'm Jolie Hales. And remember that you're worth more than you know.